if you were hiring someone, what qualities would you look for? God is hiring all of us to take the gospel forward, to do big things for Him. What qualities is He looking for? Find out on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey, welcome to Inverse again. Thank you for joining us for another week's study in this wonderful topic of stewardship. This week, we're looking at the different qualities of what makes a good steward a good steward. So we're going to have a word of prayer, we're going to read a Bible verse, and we're going to get jumping into the conversation today. Sebastian, can you open, it up, open us up with prayer, please? Let's pray. <clears throat> Father in heaven, what a joy that it is to be here to study your word. And what a joy that it is that you have entrusted to us all the things that we have and all that we are. We pray now, Lord, that as we explore your word, that you would open our hearts to consider receiving of your spirit, that he may cultivate these qualities in our hearts. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Our starting verse is in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. We're not starting off with a Bible verse just for the formality of it, but this is a, a show on studying the Bible. And so, <laughs> I don't know, revolutionary, let's open our Bibles and, and read from it. So, yes, uh, yes, let's yes. go with 1 Corinthians 4. And uh, we talked about the first half on the previous episode, and we'll look at the second half on this episode. So, um, Siku, can you read uh, chapter 4, verse 1 and 2? And then, Jared, why don't you expatch? I always mess up that word. Can you explain what this, <laughs> this verse means for us? <laughs> okay. Um, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in student, stewards that one be found faithful. Amen, amen. I'm not the only one that's messing up. That's all right. Um, Jared, what's going on here? What's, give us this in, in everyday words. Yeah, I think is, that... Is, is straightforward, but help us out. Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, reading this, the second half of the passage, moreover, it's required in stewards that one be found faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's kind of a no-brainer. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Stewards like, for dummies. I'm going to entrust you with responsibility. I'm going to give you a job description. And, you know, it really doesn't matter what you do. I mean, that's the whole purpose. That's, that's why we're here today is because God entrusted Adam and Eve with a garden. They were to be stewards. They were to be faithful. Mm-hmm. And they proved unfaithful in something they thought was very small. It wound up actually being a, a major a major issue mm-hmm. and brought sin into the world. So yeah, faithfulness is part and parcel of what stewardship really is. And, and I think, and I think that you know the interesting thing in this text is, it says there in the verse right that one be found faithful, mm. right? So there's a certain passive element where it's not that the steward is evaluating his or herself, but that there's some external application of evaluation, mm-hmm. right? So the the thing is, if you are a steward. The key is when the time of accountability and testing comes, you should be found faithful, mm-hmm. right? So there's almost this sense of delayed gratification, right, as a steward is that you're not necessarily going to be evaluated every day, mm-hmm. right? You're not necessarily going to be like, oh, you're doing great today, bad tomorrow. There's going to come a, a, a very fixed, finite point where it's like, okay, you're going to be evaluated for everything that you've done. Mm-hmm. It's so, almost like an element of surprise where, yes, you know, there's going to come a time. And of course, in, in relationship to the second coming, uh-huh. you know, we don't know when that's going to happen. For us. It's, it's right. not like I'm faithful here or faithful there. 
this is the work and so growth quality that you, it's of inherently character. In you. Yeah, mm -hmm. and character. I mean, I think it. On the one hand, it it can seem daunting because it's 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 the it's the trajectory of your your stewardship. Like it's mm -hmm. over a period of time. Um, but on the ha other hand, it, it it's kind of consoling that you know maybe I I wasn't as faithful you know this day with the trust that I had but you know what the trajectory the overall picture of it was you know faithfulness mm -hmm. you know faithfulness so that it's not like he's tr it's not like your master is trying to catch you at, at fault yes mm -hmm. right? it's more that you have the opportunity over a, a span of time to show what kind of character you develop over mm -hmm. that span of time and I think that's key right is that as a steward you have to have the long game right and not to get caught up in the nitty-gritty the day-to-day ups and downs, right, of being a steward. Because it's just a fact that we all make mistakes with money, right? We all make mistakes with goods that we have. I remember taking a bus trip in Chicago to go see uh, my mom, and uh, it was it was uh, just a really dumb decision, right? But I had a backpack, and it had, like, this folder um, before I was a Christian, so I had all these CDs and, like, baby pictures and, like, all this stuff in this bag, right? So... I'm standing in line, and they're like, your bus is going to be here in lane five, right? And I'm like, all right, cool, so we're waiting forever, ever. And I just had to use the bathroom, right? But it was just like, this bathroom is so cramped, like, you can't bring your bag in there. And so I was like, man, I don't know what to do. So this lady was standing behind me, and I'm like, hey, do you mind just watching my bag? I'm going to go, you know, to the bathroom. She's like, yeah, yeah, no problem, right? I'll watch your bag. So I go to the bathroom, right? Come back, bag is gone. Where's the, the lady? lady there? And the lady's there. So I'm like, uh, no. did you see? She's like, no, I didn't see anything. Right? So my bag is literally gone. Like, I'm going person to person in the line. What and, in the world? And, I mean, I don't know Jesus at this time, right? So there's no telling what oh, I no. might have done. Oh, no. Right? Oh, no. <laughs> but I was like, you know, and I remember calling my mom, and my mom was like, what? Why would you leave your bag? You're in Chicago. Like, what, what were you thinking, right? And so this is like hundreds of dollars worth of CDs, baby pictures I'll never get back again. Wow. Like, it was crazy stuff. And, you know, even though eventually my parents forgave me right, for such a dumb decision, it was just kind of like the real heartbreaker, right, is just like, man, like, I didn't manage that well. But at the end of the day, that doesn't mean I'm never going to be entrusted with another backpack. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm never going to get more CDs. It's just next time I'm going to handle it better. Not to take away from your story or point, but huh. I, I think I don't well, what you did wasn't that was I don't. Wasn't that, <laughs> was not that unreasonable. Thank you, I Justin. I would think the lady that lady, man, she yeah. never trust that lady, never she trust anyone in a bus steward. line, ever <laughs> Greyhound, again Greyhound, in I'm Chicago. Chicago, you better watch out. Lady, if you're watching the show, you better watch out. You give him back his, his baby pictures. He's been I'm telling you, man. I can't yeah. show my kids now, you know. Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> Papa was actually Let's go to back to chapter time. 4, verse 1 and 2. <laughs> chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. So um, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. I love that phrase, stewards of the mysteries of God. We talked about in a previous episode, these mysteries of God being, I mean, God has mysteries. There, there are some things that, are, that, only, that God has revealed to certain people mm -hmm. and through scripture, through um, their spiritual uh, discernment. discernment and whatnot, mm -hmm. and that's that's us, and it is our responsibility to to share this with other people as much as possible. Let me ask you this: Should God's? I mean, you said it was just a no-brainer. We should be faithful, right? So we have bosses who um, hire. 
uh, subordinates, they should all be faithful in their in their jobs, right? right? Should God's stewards have a different level of different standards, different accountability? Um, what do they look like? Should there be identifying marks for God's stewards, and what are they? Siku. I mean, I, I, to, to kind of go back on the faithfulness, I'm thinking about a Bible example of, yeah. of faithfulness in, in a secular sphere that was influenced by faithfulness in his relationship with God is Daniel. Mm. Right? So Daniel has this relationship with God which leads him to a level of excellence, a level of faithfulness in his work mm-hmm. that puts him far above his peers. Mm-hmm. You know, And it's not that he's trying to be better than other people, but it's that he's so faithful to God that 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 level of faithfulness it's it far transcends faithfulness to any boss. So there's a professional excellence that that points a finger to spiritual excellence. He's using that as a medium for evangelism, really. At the end of the day, right? Yeah. And okay. I mean, if if you if you even pair that right with uh, with Joseph and okay. Potiphar, right? Okay. In each case, right, scenario, you have this individual basically bought me, right, or stole me, right, in Daniel's case, right? So you're just like, why would you be faithful to Potiphar, right? right? Resisting Mm -hmm. his wife, overlooking his goods. Daniel, you were a slave taken from your own family as a young boy, and this guy's like, you're going to learn my language, my culture. This is an unjust system. This is totally, this is all against me. So why would Daniel be loyal to Nebuchadnezzar? And this is where I think the loyalty to God Mm. and saying, look, as a steward of the mystery of God, part of that mystery is revealing who God is Mm -hmm. to Nebuchadnezzar, to Potiphar. Mm -hmm. And that those individuals, even though they in of themselves probably were not worthy Mm -hmm. of the loyalty that Daniel and Joseph bestowed upon them, they were worthy of a revelation of God. Mm -hmm. You were a steward of that, Mm -hmm. and you had to give it to them by your own faithfulness. Profound. Daniel, Daniel, I'm thinking Daniel in particular, I mean, this this dude was so faithful to principle. Well, number one, people were coming after him trying to catch him because his principles were revealing their own internal corruption. That's and right. And they're like, you know, we, we can't have this. But, but the other crazy <laughs> thing with, with Daniel is that the dude was basically the prime minister for back-to-back global empires. Mm-hmm. I yep. mean, that's unheard of. So the that's reputation true. that he had where, you know, someone could say, I may not agree with him. And there are elements where if he just served Babylon for all of this time, like to bring him into the new administration is, is very risky, but to identify those qualities to say, he's, he's faithful to principle no matter what. So whether I agree with what he did before, I know he's gonna do what's right in mm-hmm. our administration. That's, that's unheard of, I think, in any contemporary political system. It's the truth. Okay, okay, you guys have bring up one point about though the system may be faulty or rigged or, or unjust, he's still faithful in these small things and doing the best you can. Not because for the system's sake, but because there's a God beyond the system. There's a higher, there's authority. A higher authority. That's right. Okay. What are other qualities that God's stewards should have? Siku. Um, I can't remember if it was Jared or Sebastian who brought up the word loyalty, mm. which, which is akin to faithfulness, but faithfulness is you know, faithfulness to, to a standard, but loyalty has to do with your, it's kind of faithfulness to the person who has entrusted you with this mm-hmm. responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, and who comes to mind is Eliezer, who is Abraham's servant. Mm-hmm. Um, in Genesis chapter 24, I think, mm-hmm. where Abraham mm-hmm. sends him on a mission to go find a wife for his son. Mm-hmm. And, and Eliezer is faithful to the trust 
and he's loyal to his master, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. in, in fulfilling that trust. That, mm -hmm. So I think a good steward, which Eliezer was, is, is not just faithful, but also loyal to the master who is giving mm -hmm. them the responsibility. There's, I think there's a certain level of loyalty that inspires all of us. You know, and like the, the basis of all, a lot of movies is, is loyalty or this going beyond what is expected of you mm -hmm. that really carries stories. Yes. You know, if there's a romance movie and the guy's like, I will conk, I will, I will go to the top of the mountain and cross the ocean, I will, my love for her. When there's I love dude, that guy. You love that. And there are dudes yep. are like, you know, the, the, there's like five million people and you're the only one and you will not cross the line. You got you know, whatever it is, like <laughs> you want to go against the grain. What yeah. kind of story would it be? Or like, you know, I'm not going on a mountain for you. That's the end of the story, you know, or like. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah, I'll join your team. Yeah, five million. Yeah, I'll join you. That, that's the end of the story. Yeah. But a certain level of going against the odds because God is there and mm -hmm. you're loyal to him. And Eliezer, I love the story where he's um, the, uh, the, the, the wife that he finds for his master's son. Right. I mean, he's like, hey. Um, the family's can she stay with us for another days right, or a right. couple days and like she's leaving the home forever never coming back <laughs> have some compassion allow her to stay and he's like nope gotta go back to my master we gotta go now we gotta go now he's like yes. hello we're never gonna nope gotta go now and even social convention he doesn't care because he's loyal so, to his master that, can, that story can totally be interpre interpreted as you know Eliezer why are you so fanatical mm. like you're you're like this is just basic courtesy. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. if 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 you know you're gonna take away our daughter is like give us ten days. Like ten we days is you. not a lot of time, mm. right? Right? Mm. Give us just ten days, and he's like, no. And and so I don't know. The temptation is like, why so strict? Why so stringent? Why not just relax a little bit? Mm -hmm. But when you look at the big picture and and think. Like, this is where the Messiah is going to right. come through this line. Like, this isn't just like a life or death issue. This is like a salvific issue. Yeah. And his faithfulness is dependent upon getting, getting a, a, a bride mm -hmm. for Isaac to bring forth the seed that's going to lead to the mm -hmm. coming of Jesus. So, mm -hmm. you and, know. And I also think that Fashion. the flip side of this, right, is if you take the gravity of the stewardship, right, which is what Eliezer was dealing with, mm -hmm. right? But when you add the other side of the fact that when we're stewards to God, right, it's very different than they were stewards to these men who right. were very vulnerable individuals, yeah. right? Abraham was old, the Bible says, mm -hmm. right? So he was well stricken in years. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the very important element to, to consider is mm -hmm. the fact that, hey, he needs to be faithful because this guy, if he's not faithful, he's going to lose a lot mm -hmm. because Eliezer just decided, you know, I'm going to take the money and bounce. No yeah. wife. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. We're looking at crazy people in the Bible and crazy, not for crazy's sake, but crazy. They're seeing they're seeing a larger picture on this. Come back after the break and we're going to look at other attributes of what God's stewards should look like. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. 
Hey, welcome back. We're looking at qualities or characteristics that God's stewards have or should have in a spouse. Sebastian, you were mentioning something before the break that uh, that the break interrupted us. Um. Yes, <laughs> the the issue of vulnerability of the master and why this faithfulness and his loyalty matters, mm -hmm. right? Because with Abraham being old and well stricken in years, Eleazar is literally like teetering on the very edge of the fulfillment of the promise of why he left mm. over almost 100 years ago, mm. right? So it's like, oh, I need to get, because in Isaac, your seed will be called, the Bible says. So this is his faithfulness is also a part of God's plan to fulfill his promise to Abraham. Mm -hmm. And Abraham can't at a hundred and, you know, X odd years go out and find a wife and travel to Canaan. Mm -hmm. But it seems as if there's a difference here, but I would argue it's even greater vulnerability for God. Because the thing that God is entrusting me with is the revelation of who he is mm. and the possession that God has paid an ultimate price in order to receive. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not a faithful steward and I'm not loyal to my master, right, this is not just, you know, Abraham's going to lose a promise that God made to him and become a great nation. This is the God of the universe losing something that he was willing to give his only son for. Mm-hmm because I'm not faithful in that. And therefore, like God is This is the real problem that the Israelites had in the Old Testament. I mean, a lot of times we think they were like, oh, they didn't keep God's laws and they're being disobedient. But no, mm -hmm. they weren't revealing the character of God yes. the way that he intended. And mm -hmm. so the Lord had to just kind of press the refresh button to kind of redo the whole thing <laughs> altogether. I like that. Um, let's go to other, other characteristics. We talk about having a certain level of radicalness, of craziness, of faithfulness, of loyalty. Um, what are other qualities that you know, a steward of God should have, but not a steward of, of Bill Gates, for example. Oh, Siku? I don't know if that answers the, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if the, that answers the God, but not Bill Gates one, but it's still in verse two of chapter four in okay. first Corinthians. Mm -hmm. um, and we kind of touched on it a little bit, but it's required in stewards that one be found faithful. Mm -hmm. That means there's a time of reckoning um, that a steward- The found to, component, you're the saying? The found component mm -hmm of it, it brings this notion of accountability mm. that a steward is has to be accountable for whatever the trust that they have been given mm -hmm. and and in in agreeing to become a steward i'm saying that is okay for me to be held accountable mm. for this trust which is accountability can be a, a scary thing you know to, especially when you when you're volunteering to be held accountable for something that means somebody has the right to come and poke around in your life mm. and see whether or not you're doing what you should be doing and yeah, that's I don't know as there's a lot of young adults today who don't like this accountability word <laughs> I'm like look, look let me do my thing let me enjoy the thing that I want to do and get off my grill, man. Like, just, just stay back and, and you do your thing, you know? I, I think that one of the best things that we can do in the context of spiritual community, Christian community, is to cultivate that idea of mutual accountability. Okay. And that takes explain, vulnerability. Explain, explain. What, is, what is mutual accountability? Mutual accountability means that my sister Siku sees me going in a wrong direction or doing something or, or, or harboring an attitude or talking bad about Sebastian behind his back mm -hmm. or whatever. And she calls me to account and says, as my brother, you're, you're doing things, you're saying things, you're, you're harboring attitudes or or whatever that, that are unhelpful to you in your, in your relationship with Jesus. And I'm and, concerned and I, about you and I, and I want to And I think the thing that undermines that mm -hmm. is that she knows that's your goal, right? Yeah. Because to me, holding someone accountable to something they are not committed to, right? It, that's where it becomes tension. Because, you know, I remember, you know, with my wife was saying like, oh, she's not gonna eat a certain food in our house, right? 
So I'm like, oh, babe, I'm holding you accountable, right? It's, what it's is like, that, by the way? I'm curious, curious. <laughs> no, no, I can't, I can't disclose that on television. Not. I'm not okay. trying to sleep on the couch. I need, All right. I need love, okay? All right, we'll hold you accountable <laughs> to, to your, your wife's private. And, um, but I remember when we came to it, when we came to the discussion, I was trying to hold her accountable. She's like, I never committed that, right? You said you didn't want me to do this. I never said Okay. That I didn't want to eat this the food, marital right? Going okay. Exactly, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And and so it was ironic that in that conversation, it was a, a strong revelation of this point that you can't hold someone accountable to something that they themselves have not said. Mm. I'm committed to reaching that end, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So if if Jared says, "Look, I don't want to gossip, Siku. I don't want to be an unkind person. I don't want to be harboring bitterness in my heart, right? I don't, you know, X, Y, and Z. I want to live a biblical life." Yeah. And you know that that's my aim. You have all license, and in fact, I expect you as a steward of me, right? And that's crazy to think that I have a stewardship that extends beyond my goods, that even potentially extends to other people at this table. Right. Let's, go to, um, let's go to Psalms 139. We'll come back to you, Jared. 139, I want to get this in here, verse 23 and 24. I, I love this. Uh, I, I believe accountability is found in Scripture. We, we have to be accountable to each other. But I think in a Christian accountability, it's really we got to be accountable to God first and then the, the horizontal first and the, le- the uh, vertical come. Vertical first. Vertical first and then the <laughs> horizontal. horizontal. Okay, let's go to chapter first, verse 23 of uh, 139 <laughs> of Psalms. You guys get my point. Verse 23, search me, O God. Know my heart, try me, know my anxieties, and see if there's any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. I really feel this is an honest prayer. And he's saying, Lord, search me. And uh, search me like a Google search. Do a thorough audit of my heart and see if there's anything bad. And let me know. And I want to be held accountable by you. Mm-hmm. Before all of heaven, really. And this is the context of the judgment and whatnot. God is not some angry guy upstairs trying to find you everything. He's just wanting honesty, total, you know, pure conduits coming down. And then from that point on, we can be accountable to each other. Jared. Yeah. Justin, you, you were just mentioning uh, you know, accountability to God first, the vertical first, mm. and then the horizontal. Thank and you for articulating clearly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, yeah, you're, you're welcome. I'd like to disagree with you just a little okay. bit, or at least maybe add some perspective. Yes, I mean, obviously... God should always be first, last, and best in everything. But at the same time, you know, and, and I'm not my brother's babysitter, all right, and he's, he's not mine. And again, what he said about, you know, a, a, accountability is being something that we submit to, and it's almost a, um, a shared experience. That's why I said in, in the context of, of, of Christian community. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that 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 there's, it goes back and forth because mm-hmm. as I hold you accountable and as you hold me accountable, it's almost like um, it's a foretaste of the day when God will hold us all to an account. Mm-hmm. And it's a good reminder that, you know, ultimately I'm not accountable to you. I'm accountable to God. But as we hold each other in Christian relationship accountable and, and call each other into question, um, it's it's a good practice to bring it to be in, and it brings that ultimate reality of the judgment. Um, not that I'm judging you. You know what, you know what I'm saying, though. I mean that, no, that I, level of scrutiny it brings it to life mm. in my everyday experience. I will ultimately give an account before God. And I think that that is the heart of what the investigative judgment is about, right? And the reason why people look at it as a negative doctrine is because they see it only as a reckoning. Right. It's only this. Oh, yeah. God's going to search you and try. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every spot, every tittle, you know, all these different things. And it took me to uh, Philippians 315, which is one of my favorite verses that deals with God and accountability. 
And he says, therefore let us, as many... Philippians, well, hold on, Philippians. Sorry, chapter 3, verse 3, 15. 15, okay. And Paul has been talking about pressing towards the mark, right? Mm -hmm. A certain direction. And he says, therefore let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything... If in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you, mm -hmm. right? So God is not... That's a beautiful thing. Exactly, yeah. right? God is not just sitting here saying, hey, live up to this standard. Hope you get there. Here's 66 books that should guide you. No, God is even personally taking engagement to say, hey, if you're otherwise minded, mm -hmm. then the mind that you need in order to press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus, God will reveal it unto you. Cool. Mm -hmm. That's an encouragement to me to know that God is actually behind you yeah. and that accountability is not about judgment and condemnation and hey are you actually are you a hypocrite you know accountability is about hey man listen i want to not only ask you if you're making it mm -hmm. but i'm going to actually help show you yeah i it, it makes me think of you know being a student when when you're when you have this huge paper that's due at the end of the semester you have to write a huge research paper and they're like okay 50 pages you know research paper at the end of the semester um, and throughout the semester, there's, there's one way where, you know, you're working on this paper and you have no feedback, you know, you're just mm -hmm. like chugging along and that there's going to be a day of reckoning when you submit your paper and you're going to be judged on your performance. Right. Then there are those professors who say, you know, you have a 50 page paper that's due at the end of semester. Week one. Where are you at? Yeah. Where are you at? Submit to me your, your, um, your, 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 your topic. Week two, submit to me some of your sources. Week three, submit to me your introduction. And sometimes as students, it's like, oh, all these deadlines, you know, oh, why do they have to always keep scrutinizing me? But that's actually helping you towards the ultimate goal. Mm. There will be a day of reckoning. Mm -hmm. And these, these little searchings that are happening, like looking into how you're progressing, it's actually in order to help you to the ultimate goal mm -hmm. but here's of a, producing an awesome paper. But mm -hmm. here's a question, right? Like when you think about this, right, this sounds great, right? But then you think about the fact that sometimes it's hard for leaders to feel like they want to be held accountable as well, right, in terms of the people that you are leading, right? Because, you know, I remember when, um, you know, we teach, we teach our kids that, you know, you shouldn't be yelling and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, one time I was talking to my kids and my oldest daughter comes to me and she's like, Papa, you should not be raising your voice. Like, you can be upset and you angry. You mean you were yelling at your kids and she told you not to yes, do this? Yes, like, <laughs> exactly, right? I was raising my voice and my daughter's like, you shouldn't be raising your voice, mm -hmm. right? You can be angry, Papa, but you can't yell. And that's accountability. And most parents, right, in a Caribbean home would be like, look, children are seen and not heard, right? So you might not live to end that conversation. <laughs> these are, let's come back to qualities of a, of a good steward here. I mean, we, we went on really on accountability. I think these are really good points that we have. I think one temptation is after we have a discussion like this, is like, all right, um, well, let's get started. Got to try really hard to be faithful. Okay, the Lord's watching me. I'm watching everyone. Okay, got to be accountable. Mm -hmm. And this can seem a little bit uh, forced, constructed, artificial. Mm -hmm. What's the answer, guys? Well, how do we become better stewards to the Lord Jesus Christ, to God? And that's only one way. It's, it's to look towards Jesus Amen. by looking, studying his character. And there's something crazy. I love this song. Uh, uh, turn your eyes upon Jesus, and uh, man, what's full that? Full into His wonderful, wonderful face, face. Yeah. And, and the, the things, things of this world will grow strangely dim. And I love that adverb, strangely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Friends, you guys, you know, we're looking at grace here. Grace is strange. It changes you. It changes us into be better mm. stewards for God. And there's nothing to fear. The judgment or performance now, all these things, we just put it towards God. We look towards Him. 
and we become like him. My prayer is I want to be a faithful steward to God, uh, steward for God. How many of you, is that your prayer, you guys? Absolutely. It's a sincere yeah. prayer. Thank you for joining us. It's been our privilege. We'll see you next week here on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.